Hello, beautiful humans. I'm Zach. And I'm Austin. And, and this, this is The Human Vibe. There she goes. There she goes again. <laughs> she calls my name. Oh my gosh. I was like... Uh, you. <laughs> Wait, did you know what I was singing? Yeah, of course okay, I know. Well, I was like, you know, I did a little remix, reversion, the Austin version 2.0. <laughs> okay, that's how you do it. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Human Vibe. For those of you who like, if you are just now listening for the first time, I'm Zach. I'm Austin. Uh, you you say this every single time. Do you think someone actually is listening to the first time right now? I don't know. If you are, what's up? Welcome. Like, that's the type of welcome we give for the first time is you are loved. This is a, we're glad to have you. We're giving you vocal hugs. Uh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like you're in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) We are, I just drink coffee and Austin is just Austin. So (laughs) (laughs) that was actually really good. But who we are, Zach. Austin, engaged couple, um, sold all of our stuff in 2021, July traveled around yeah. traveled around Europe, worked remotely with our small, sassy wiener dog. I know we're so gay. His name is Schnitzel. He's laying beside me. You may get little ear flaps or moans or groans in the background. That's <laughs> true, him. True. Um, true. Update in life. We are currently emigrating to Germany, living out a literal dream like... This is a podcast in a space where we just one talk about what you know what it really means to be human, the good, the bad, the hard days. Um, but we really are here to celebrate dreams, celebrate happiness, celebrate people chasing their peace and different cultures and different places. And it's yeah, it's it's kind of a lot of different things for real. Yeah, it really is. So, so. like, kick back, relax, and all cool. <laughs> and like, I'm really excited about today's story. Yes. I really, really am. Yes. So today is, it's kind of like a two-parter, right? I mean. Yeah, this is part two. I mean, well, the other side of the coin. I like that. So this is the other side of the coin. Okay. Who's from, heads, who tails? <laughs> <laughs> from our last uh, episode, which was Austin talking about leaving Croatia for six weeks, living in Germany by himself. Going through a visa process in germany by myself bureaucracy just like the 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 bureaucracy here is wild go back and listen if you have not. yeah the last episode episode. is all about that and you already know me i am infamous (laughs) for stuff happening okay but that is just the mo you can't all be austin (laughs) but it's not about me i was the last episode today we are talking about the other side of the coin yes the other half of austin you well yeah it was actually me and schnitzel oh und schnitzel und schnitzel but yes so similar to you know where we started off in the last episode uh austin took a taxi to the split airport and flew to frankfurt yeah so we're gonna start that, we're gonna kind of like yeah, yeah. We're, this is to paint a picture yeah it was we're like leaving. You yeah, know, it was a it rainy, rainy kind of chilly we're gonna be separated we know for six months obviously a lot of um anxiousness and sadness and excitement and happiness living a dream not being with each other you being with schnitzel me doing all this by yourself um yeah so we will start i was leaving by and again the taxi driver was it's just so chill just a little entertainer around europe you already know (laughs) 
But as I, I remember turning around, you know, having my little moment, I think yeah. it's like in the parent trap and I was just waving to you. I was yeah. so sad to leave you and you were walking schnitzel. Yeah. So, I mean, it, so start the scene. Yeah. You, it really, it felt like it was like one of those like nineties rom-coms. Like I felt like I was like Meg Ryan and you were like Tom Hanks in a car, like leaving. <laughs> it was that vibe because it'd been raining all day. And right when you left, the sun came out. Oh yes. The, the road was glistening and it was like a taxi. I'm t- I'm saying it's a 90s rom-com because it was a taxi. I mean, it wasn't an Uber. It wasn't a Lyft. You know, it was like a, an old taxi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what makes it a 90s rom-com. It was that vibe. Ah, so I was scoot- scooting Yeah, but I, I decided to walk schnitzel because um, I needed to go get groceries, actually. Yeah. Uh, and so Austin pulled away and the sun was just starting to come out. And so I walked schnitzel down. And we lived really, really close. We've said this before, but um, we lived pretty close to the sea. And so to take- Yeah, like two blocks. Yeah. Four in, minute walk. In Croatia, there, where we lived, there wasn't like traditional trash service. There was like, there were locations, like public locations where they had large like dumpsters and people yeah. would just walk you know, and take their stuff there. And so that's what I did. As and well. that's because we were living in like the Beverly Hills of split Croatia. Yeah. Everybody, like, everybody said that. And I was like, okay, that's what people were telling us y'all. And sidebar, if you want to see like where we were living, the photos you want to see on a map, definitely hit up our Instagram, the human vibe. Um, or you can find us personally, Zach with an H in Austin. Cause look at those photos. It's a really beautiful place. Oh yeah. I posted quite a few things on our story as well from, you know, the walks that I would take with schnitzel by myself, but yeah, you left. And I mean, for a while there, you were kind of texting me about, you know, being in the taxi, getting to the airport and all that. Keeping you updated. Yeah. And and I think it's funny because I went, you know, I walked, went to the grocery store, came back when I came back and you weren't there that I broke down like the first two oh. days for me were probably like the most I had, I hadn't cried in a long time <laughs> tell me what you were feeling like I know you oh, were feel like yeah it's like immediate the first day you yeah know? so here's some tea this is some personal tea oh. when I when I was younger um these two years we used to go to like sleepaway camp it was like a YMCA camp yeah and it was, I believe it was about a week that you would go and, you know, it was really fun and, you know, you got to be with kids your own age. And, and you got to like, you know, sleep in like bunk beds sort yeah, of things. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you do a lot of fun activities. So it's meant to be fully, full immersion. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But when I would go to camp, I would get really, really sad, like missing my mom and dad and missing just like that feeling of family. Yeah. Um. And thankfully, like my brother Jake would go with me, but... <laughs> But it was that feeling, and I hadn't really felt it like that since childhood. And so mm. when I got back into the apartment, I put the stuff down. Schnitzel went and like laid in his little bed or whatever. And I, I can't even remember. I was doing something really mundane like cooking. And I walked into like the bedroom and the desk where you had been working and everything was completely empty. The clothes hangers that you had things hanging up on, they were there wasn't anything there. It was bare. And the bed that we had gotten up from was still unmade. And so I could see like your little head print and stuff still. Aww. And I think it just hit me so strong. I was like, six weeks is a long time. I was like, oh gosh, like what? And I just broke down. It just, I broke down. And I had that aching feeling in my heart, similar like to whenever I would go to like sleepaway camp and like the first 
you know, couple nights I would miss my mom and my dad at nighttime and that's how I felt. And then, Aww. so yeah. <laughs> and so you were just missing little old me. Yeah. I had a good cry. My energy was still there and you were like, I remember you texting me being like, I miss you. I can still smell you. Oh, I you. missed you. Yeah. It was like bedtime was really hard. And that was the longest we had ever physically been apart. The six weeks. That is, yes, we have never been a lo- like apart. Six weeks. And I don't plan to be apart oh, no. <laughs> for that long again. And it's very nerve-wracking at the same time because you're like, okay, well, now everything that I relied on from Austin, like, I have to do myself. Oh, and if you all have been listening to these episodes, you know that Austin and I, we do everything together. We, you know, throughout this entire adventure, we have learned and grown with one another and not having those conversations. You know, even if he was, you know, if there was a busy work day that was going on, we would both be able to go for a walk together and talk and and like at bedtime right before we go to bed we would talk and that's really important to me you know that's something that's really important and it went away and it's like you really begin to appreciate things (laughs) truly and I know this is kind of cliche but when things are gone you notice them so much more Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you miss them oh yeah you want them more yeah Oh, I know. I love you. You make my, you, (laughs) you truly do like make my life so amazing. And I know earlier I was making a joke about, I'm like, well, that's just Austin being Austin, but you're fun. You're just such a, I don't know. You know how to like literally brighten up anybody's day. And you know, that's the truth. You stop. I do it in a way that is very me and you do it in a way that is incredibly you and beautiful and impactful. And that's what you bring Aww, to this world. Thank you. And all that love and thank all that you. grace. Thank and you. so, yeah, being apart those first couple of days was incredibly hard. I mean, it's, and and for me, obviously, I was in a different country, so my brain was just all over the place. But you're, you're you were somewhere familiar. Again, you saw my head print on the pillow. I, I remember debating, like, leaving a t-shirt there to be like, here's a little t-shirt in case you ever miss me or miss my smell. I was like, give it to Schnitzel because, you know, he's a dog and he sleeps on our clothes. Like, and just in case, just something cute and mindful like that. Aw, yeah. Actually, you did leave. There were these, like, this pair of glasses that Austin had forever. It's like one of the first pairs of glasses he ever oh bought. Oh my gosh, like 20, while we were together <laughs> since we've been together. Oh yeah, f- forever ago. Those but, have been through the ringer, baby. <laughs> the ringer. They were they were holding on, but they were so busted. But I'm I can't, I you were you told me to throw them out, but I actually kept them the entire time I was there because I was like, well, I have nothing of his at all, and this is the only thing that I have physical. Oh, like so, those old glasses I worn well, for years. Yeah, because you had to take everything you could because of like the weight and everything. It wasn't like you could leave a lot of stuff with me. Yeah, you know exactly. But anyway, so yeah, that I was really emotional those first couple days, and yeah, but and and I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into. Being there with Schnitzel. Oh, yes. And like your, you know, because we get real on this. We get real on this. I almost said channel. We get real on this podcast. Okay. That's true. We want to know like your relationship with Schnitzel. What, you know, going into it. I guess even a little bit of the background of before we left the United States and the, the conversations of, you know, do we bring a six kilogram, aka 12 pound miniature dachshund with us? around to all of these countries yeah that was oh my gosh y'all actually thinking back on it i think that is probably one of the things that we spent the most time talking about and thinking about was what happens with schnitzel 
Exactly. We're very, yeah. very mindful of we it. We spent so much, of, so much time. Kind of, we argued about it a lot. Yeah. It just, we, it was like a, just a huge contention for I us. I think, I think at the end of the day, we ultimately said, you know, if he can fly with us in the plane, then we think he'll be okay. And he, he is, he actually travels so well, but yeah, it's, we were, we always told ourselves like, we're not going to let him fly in cargo because I don't we, think he can no, survive. We that. were so incredibly anxious, you know, to bring him along on this crazy adventure yeah. with us. And so that was like kind of an area of contention and, and just kind of having that in the back of the mind. Of course we made the decision. He's laying right here now, but it wasn't cute. always like that. It wasn't yeah, always we like that. We were kind of balancing. Yeah. So, I, so your time in Croatia was schnitzel. Yeah. So, you know, all of that is related to the fact that for me, I really wondered, okay, how is Schnitzel emotionally going to take this? Because let me just tell you all, if you have a dachshund, you probably already know this. One of our good, very dear friends adopted a dachshund um, not much longer after we we got Schnitzel. And she asked us like, you know, does your dachshund get really vocal? Is he like very vocal and like tell you whenever he's very upset? And I was like, girl, yes. Yes. I'm surprised he hasn't made like a moany. It he sounds like, like moan. He's like an old man. Like he really is like he is like a grumpy old man sometimes. And whenever we're like if we're talking too loud at night when he's tired, when he wants to go to bed and we talk and we're annoying him, he'll be like <laughs> so <laughs> So that is, and he is very externally. He's very just communicative. So for me, that would just wear me down. I am like, of the dog parents, like I'm more of the one who's like, babe, I need you to take care of him because he is throwing a fit and it's driving me crazy and I really need help. And I'm like, you know, emotionally, this is taxing. And Austin's like, okay, yeah, whatever. You know? I mean, my relationship with Schnitzel is is very different than your relationship with Schnitzel. True. You, as you know, in in very empathetic and insensitive human being, can f- like you can literally probably feel Schnitzel moping beside me right now. Yeah. And for you, as a person who who is greatly affected by that, when you don't have that ability to separate yourself, yeah, being alone in Croatia with him while he, like. When Austin left, I think Schnitzel might have taken it for a longer period of time, worse than I did. Yeah, <laughs> because I think he loves when we're together. He does. Um, he's always we, been. He like does. That. We can. We could tell Matt now for a fact, like when we are together. Well, yeah. Most of his, his life, you know, self. most of his life, we've been like that. Because yeah. think about it: since the pandemic, we got him in February 2019. And then literally a year later, we started I can, I can barely remember a time where we both left the house and he was by himself. It was a sh- in the span of the time we've had him. It's, that was a very short. He does not do well alone. He has separation anxiety. He does. So schnitzel, you all, for the first week, he was so sad. I could just tell. One day in the park, there was this guy who kind of looked like Austin. He had a very similar like facial hair very similar similar color the same kind of glasses and he was bald um, <laughs> he was handsome but okay thank you <laughs> um 
But it was so, it was adorable because for a second I didn't know what he was doing, but Schnitzel ran over to this guy and then he stopped, sits back on his like little legs and his little ears go back. And he's just like with his tail going crazy. He's just like wagging, looking up at this guy. And I could tell for a second he thought it was Austin. Oh, I know. I know. Just a little precious. He didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. He took it that first week. He moped. Um, He was eating a lot less which if you know schnitzel like even treats and stuff you we were i was worried like seriously in that first week but being there with him during that time definitely taught me so much patience because i think he would try to communicate something with me before and i would just get frustrated and i would defer him to you or i would you know just try to appease him but i i think being apart because you weren't there it kind of forced me to start figuring out what does he really want if he's upset with me or if he's upset he wants something so you know what does he want and I got much better at figuring out what it was like one night I remember he like nudged me in the middle of the night and I was like what and he sat there and then he like made this sound with his mouth and it was like a smacking sound and I was like are you thirsty so I brought the water bowl in and he drank almost the entire thing whoa yeah and I was like okay okay like there were these like little signals man and animal yeah (laughs) okay so I was like yeah one of the big things that happened during my time in Croatia for those six weeks was definitely that I got a lot closer to schnitzel and I learned a lot of patience with him Mm -hmm. you know and it's really really helped me you know just to understand what he needs or what he wants and yeah, I, it's weird. It's something strange that happens. I would be, I would love to know other people who are, you know, really connected with animals because I know we, a lot of our friends are our friend yeah. Katrina, she has horses and she's like a horse whisperer. I'm like, mm-hmm. so I'm our I'm, friend, Emily, Emily, shout out to Emily. Emily yes. Wills. Yeah. People like that. It's like, how do you learn those things? I guess you just kind of learn over time, you know, animals, they communicate, they'll, they'll tell you what they want. And I learned how how to you know have a much better relationship with schnitzel it was it was something that was really cool to happen that i i just did not expect i wasn't it going went, into it thinking that would happen and i think it it incorrect correct me if i'm wrong that like went in waves especially those first couple days he's really sad <laughs> you're really sad that is just yeah. a rain cloud of sadness <laughs> And then there were moments it would be good days and moments and, and it's hard. And, yeah. you know, that just, yeah. you know, all it, it allows me seeing it from the outside to say that, you know, empathetic people are are different. They're, yeah. Their superpowers vary across the board. Some empaths are so connected with animals in ways that is very uplifting and some are connected with animals in a way that when they feel such pain in an animal it like physically causes them pain well yeah i mean even with emily and again shout out to you she was going into veterinary like veterinary service and she had to work with her animals and it really like drained her over time because she was just so compassionate toward them yeah and it's like sometimes you have to know people are different we as humans are wired different and i will tell you schnitzel is a very sensitive dog <laughs> he, y'all he gets sensitive and if he thinks that austin and i are like leaving him out of something that he needs to girl be, petty he, he will he will go and shove his face in a blanket and he knows he probably right now knows that we're talking about him. yeah he's, he's made some grunts <laughs> again having a doco having yeah. a cute little weenie yeah but no i'm very thankful for that time for sure um but moving the moving on in the story like 
I think something else I really do want to hit on, like during those six weeks, you know, is that over the course of time, I learned how important nature is to me. This is like something that before we even discussed, like started this discussion, I was like, I really want to make sure I hit on this. Um, Where we lived was like on the side of a mountain and you'd walk down like two blocks Mm -hmm. and you were like at this like cliff side overlooking the sea. Literal cliff side. And like off the coast in the distance are all these mountainous islands. Croatia is beautiful. It is beautiful, especially split down by the skinny part. Again, check out our socials to see where it is on the map and what it looks like because it really is a, a, a getaway. It, yeah. it kind of seems unreal yeah. now that we are away from it. Yeah. But like you are so connected with huge mountains, water, uh, the sunshine. It's just, it was just different. You know, it, it, it gave me that kind of like Greek vibe because the plants and you know what I mean? Oh yeah. The cactus. Yeah. And it was like, I think for the most part, it was pretty sunny the end, the, during those six weeks, you know? There were times where it would be a little bit cloudy or certain days at the end it was pretty cold. But for the most part, it was pretty sunny. And so what are, what are your some of your favorite parts of nature specifically? Oh, like, yeah. In those six weeks. Yeah. Did you really connect. Water. Like it's so cool because here in Monheim, I've now like fully like realized that we live like two, maybe three blocks from like a river walk. Yeah, pretty big riverway. Um, by the Necker. And I just love water. I've I've always been that person. I love Missoula because of water. He a cancer, y'all. I yeah, I love water. He loves the moon. I love it. I love the moon and I love the water. And so for me, it was always amazing to be able to see the water every single day. You know, because I would go grocery shopping for fresh food like every day. Really, in that walk, um, refueling. It was. I would think a lot. You know, Um, during this time, you know, Austin was going through a process of needing my help sometimes about like translating things or problem solving a problem or figuring something out, and so. Sometimes, you know, both of us were going through a lot of stress and I realized how good it is for me to like go out and just be in nature. And I think more and more people like through the pandemic have posted about that, that, you know, being out in nature and being, you know, going for a hike, you know, going camping for a weekend and just being out there, like it really is so refueling Mm -hmm. and healing. And so I realized that about myself because, um, during this process, during these six weeks, I was going through a lot of just really looking deep within myself. And so just being out in nature, taking a walk, it was amazing. It was, and I would text like a lot of my friends <laughs> during that time. And I would be like, you know, Hey, and you know, this made me think of you. And one of our really good friends, Heather, hello, Heather, shout out. <laughs> um, she's been sending me these pictures of like, she takes walks with these dogs that she walks And it'll be like trees and like just the the most beautiful things. She's like sent me things that I'm like, you need to frame this. Um, But now she's been doing that to me and it's really cool. I really enjoy that. Just sending each other random pics of nature and places that make you feel peaceful. You know, it helps ground you. Yeah. Yeah. You're a person where nature being out by that is very grounding and very important. It allows you to think. It allows you to feel. Um. And and through I guess you know you you mentioned you had a lot of like introspective realizations, um you know during those walks in nature which was abundantly around us as soon as you left the front door of the Airbnb, what did you come to you know find out about yourself? Oh, I mean, 
<laughs> I won't say everything because it was six weeks. It was a lot. It was a lot of introspection. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know what? I, I think right now in the world, there are a lot of us doing this. And so maybe I'm feeling like some larger universal, I don't know what, somebody was a cosmic thing where a lot of people are really seeking deep within themselves to ask themselves what like what makes me truly happy or what do I enjoy or who am I like what are the differences in the personality you know differences in me that are good what are some things that are within me that come from pain that are bad that I need to remove I've seen like a lot of people being more and more vocal about you know dealing with mental illness and mm -hmm. truly finding a place of healing in that. Just like cosmic universe. Yeah, I think it's going on right now. And not everybody is doing it, but I, I just feel like maybe it's millennials. Maybe I think it's a generational a, there, thing. I yeah, don't know. I think there's a big focus across the board that Miss Rona came in in a lot of those big, again, those cosmic questions like, who am I? What makes me happy? What is adding to that happiness? What is taking away from that? Um, yeah, know, internally and externally. Yeah, absolutely. I think it makes it, it made a lot of people look at themselves truthfully and reevaluate, you know, and that's but here's the thing. I keep talking and I have talked about, you know, moving once we moved to Europe and when we were in Ireland, I went through this a lot of like realizations about myself really after, you know, a decade of of working really hard to get somewhere, I was like burnt out and it's like but the truth is those six weeks after you left me in Croatia were so different because I was truly alone. Like our neighbors uh, or the people who owned it, they were, they were so sweet. But most of them, they didn't speak any English no, at all. No, ma'am. No, 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 So our conversations were like... <laughs> Very like... He's a, a boy. <laughs> like it's literally like, y'all, some, sometimes you don't even know. Like there were times where... The only thing you are saying to people other than speaking to me is like, hello, Very basic goodbye. things, you know, and it's hard to feel connected with a human, deeply connected with a human through, you know, very basic words. But somehow it happens because our uh, Airbnb, the, the owner, she told me like her mom lived in the same kind of compound. And she told me, she's like, my mom really likes you. And I was like, how does this woman like me? She probably doesn't understand anything I say. Like I only nothing. say, hello, you know how are you? Whatever. <laughs> but it was because uh, I was always really respectful toward her and things like that's what, you know, she said. And so I was like, you know, communication is about more than just words, but it definitely helps. Um, but anyway, I think I, I just, I went through this really deep period of, of introspection and really saying, you know, I'm going through something that a lot of people don't get to go through. You know, I'm on this journey. It kind of reminds me of like this part in uh, Eat, Pray, Love where, you know, somebody basically says to her more or less, you know, are you really like using the time that you have to like really, you know, do the work and like figure out. Oh, yeah. When she's like at the end of Italy and it's like, are, are you like. Yeah. Are healing. you, are you, are you remember really why you started this? Exactly. Are you really willing to do what you need to in order to do and to be happy? And sometimes that means like hitting a really low point <laughs> because you have to really see the bad things your in yourself. Rock bottom. Yeah. You have to see them. Yeah. 
Um, and so I went through that period and each week it felt like I had a different theme. <laughs> That's how it felt. It felt like every week it was something within myself that I was like, wow, I really need to get rid of this. Like, here's a good one. Caring so much about what other people think about you, particularly the idea of success. Mm. Ooh, I need... That is a self-saboteur and a source of self-sabotage for so many people. But I feel like in the American culture, it's especially like very strong. In fact, I would argue that, you know, maybe in countries like China, it's even more so. But yeah, about your job, your job title, title what you do, yes, how much you make. It's like, I don't know when we got to a point when... You know, if you didn't say that you have a master's degree and, you know, you're you have this fancy job title, like if you don't say that, then you're not valuable because I've asked this question to so many people. I'm like, who do you see more often throughout the course of your life? Who plays a larger role in your personal well-being? Um, A person who is your waiter at a restaurant or your school teacher or, you know, or a lawyer or even a doctor. Yeah. And they're like, I mean, obviously the teacher, the waiter. And I'm like, exactly. So they're very important in society. But I think for me during those six weeks, I suddenly looked back on a lot of like decisions that I made that were not in my best interest, that were not investing in my happiness. And I realized I made those decisions because I was like, well, what will so-and-so think? Or, oh, if I do this and if I do this, then so-and-so will think I'm amazing. Mm. And it was like that mindset. And it, it, it's this constant fear of failure, you know, fearing to like look ridiculous, fearing to be ridiculed. And in a turn, shutting down because of that fear. Or making really, really poor decisions. Dis- yeah. Do you know how many people have made huge purchases on the wrong home for them or whatever, a college degree? Because of caring about somebody else or what they thought or trying to compete with an idea. Yeah, it's so that was one of the things in those six weeks. I felt like that was like week one or two. Bam, right off the gate. That those things, those societal things, you know, suddenly I'm like realizing, like, oh my gosh, like, why did I do that? Why did I do this? Oh my goodness, this is the reason why. Then it started going really deep. Um, you know, at the at the same time I'm doing things like applying for jobs and like doing job research and I'm looking at the market. And I think that triggered a lot of those insecurities, but then it, it got to a much deeper place of asking myself, like, do I even, do I like who I am? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that sounds really deep, but it's like, do I it's like part of the who I am? question? Yeah. You know, do I, do I like the trajectory of my life? Yeah. Do I like who I am? Yeah. And I think that was the beginning of a much and I will get to the very last week because that was probably the most pivotal, but it began like a journey of really going through the process of saying, who am I? And it's so, again, it sounds so cliche. And we, in college classes, it's like, all right, everyone, we're going to discuss like, who am I? And we make fun of it. And we're like, oh my gosh, you know, that's so ridiculous. But if you asked other people to truly evaluate themselves and analyze themselves, like, would they do it completely objectively? You know, and, and, and would honestly, they like themselves? Yeah. And, and yeah. Oh, Ooh, I, you, I'm literally, see, you asked that and I'm sitting here thinking about like, if I was sitting in a circle and they were like, 
be so completely objectively honest and it doesn't have to be bad it does not all of those things have to be bad no no but, but just we're human honest. it's a part of it yeah, yeah. we all have i do xyz tied. too much or yeah. i feel this certain way and i don't know why i um you know i succumb to these sort of pressures whatever that is we all have it yeah everyone and it, but it also it, it gave me the opportunity then to go well maybe i don't even know who this person is so who are mm-hmm. you and then i started going back through my childhood and it's funny because i've got like this core group of friends um and you all know who you are it's like my my very dear very close friends i you know there's a handful of them and they're people that i text you know pretty regularly you know and we talk about these things and during this 6 week period i was having a lot of these conversations with them and it kind of triggered a larger conversation about, you know, well, who I, who am I really? If I went to, you know, a meet and greet and I was sitting on the other side of the table, you know, who is that person? And if you really look at their life, because I think it's easier to look at other people and define them by certain things and even their flaws, but still love them. But when we see those things in ourselves, we either lie, cover it up or we struggle with self-hatred. We hate, I was about to say, you hate that part of yourself. Exactly. And so for me, I'm like, okay, well, let's really look at it. And I'm like, you know, I'm this boy grew up in Indiana, lived in the huge, very large, very conservative family, grew up, you know, eventually, you know, went to college, started traveling, did this, did that, you know, has a lot of flaws, has made a lot of mistakes, has hurt people, you know, but is this person worth loving is this person worth knowing and i'm like yeah absolutely i was like hell yeah (laughs) oh okay who is okay who is this confident we're we're gonna have to turn on the explicit okay (laughs) after dark (laughs) but no i got to a place where mm. yeah and you know what there are a lot of really sorry a little bit of emotion just like hit me but there are a lot of moments when you start really looking at yourself that you go wow like i'm really proud of myself that i got through that you know what i mean Mm Um, there are certain things, oh my gosh, sorry. There are certain things in my life that I honestly, I didn't know if I was going to get through it. I didn't know like if, if I was going to even like be able to wake up the next day and continue to function because it was really hurtful or painful and it just felt unbearable, you know? But I look back on it and I'm like, yeah, you embarrassed yourself probably, You know, you probably did something really reckless and ridiculous, you know, out of your pain, but you made it through and you're here and you're still here and you can. And so I think when I was in Croatia, it was like that self-exploration fueled me Um, and I went further and it ended up kind of pushing some wounds and maybe like. If there was, you know, a splinter really deep. This, yeah, yeah. Pull on a splinter. If there's a splinter really deep inside of you, it's like when you start pulling it out, you can pull out some infection and it's pretty nasty and it's pretty gross. And so toward the end of that six week period, I had this huge realization. So I mean, this is something that I can I'm I'm going to like openly admit. Um, but it's been really hard for me to admit that in my life I've had problems with drinking. Mm. with drinking alcohol Mm. and it's caused a lot of just a lot of unnecessary hurt (laughs) hurt and bad things to happen and so i had a bit of a wake-up call and i think a lot of this self-exploration and really diving deep and looking at like the 
the person who I am, you know, and, and really asking some of those very difficult questions. Um, I think during that time, one of the, of the big triggers in my life was alcohol of just leaning on it and using it as a way of escaping. And made it a part of, you know, to go back to the, who am I? Yeah. You had made it a, at that point, a huge intricate, a part of you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't think about it, but you wake up one day and you go, I have drank minimum two times a week, maximum five to seven, six, maybe seven. Yeah. I mean, times honest, a week. We, we know how many people even listening to this and there's yeah. no judgment. No. Whatsoever. None. Yeah, none but it's none. very common. People do. Yeah. And I, but I had done that for 10 years. Yeah. I hadn't gone a full month of not drinking mm-hmm. in 10 years. Yeah. And at the end there, right before I came to Germany, it was probably like four days. Actually, yesterday marked, or this past Two Sunday, days ago, yeah. yeah, past Sunday, marked four weeks um, when I decided I'm like, no more. I'm not drinking anymore. I've got to put the bottle down. It's for my my benefit. And especially as I go through this transitional period and, you know, being immigrants and living in Germany and going through this process is very, very emotional. And the last thing that I need to do is to allow that to be something that, you know, stymies my growth mm-hmm. as a human. And so, yeah, it's now been Congrats. over four weeks. Thank something you. to be celebrated. I know that <laughs> yeah. on this little podcast thing we got like a clappy sound can you play the clappy sound (laughs) i think this is willing and deserving of the clappy sound (laughs) yes to you yes you decided (laughs) and you know this and i will always encourage this to anyone listening and especially you as my partner as my mate is that you put yourself first and in the long run puts everyone around you first and it's so it's so selfless, and I don't know what the opposite of selfless is at the same time. It's love. That's what love is. Love truly comes internally and, and goes out. And, of course, like you're human, and there are moments where stressful things happen, and you're like, what? you know, it's a cloudy day. I'd love to drink. There's this. I'd love no, to there, drink. No, there are a lot of triggers, and it's any addiction. Like, oh, yeah. If you're, the thing about it is, is like I think that we – are addicted to a lot of things. Our phone. We talked about that. When I got my phone taken away, I was like, this is an addiction. And when you got, something, yeah. When you got, when you got mugged, it wasn't taken away. When you got attacked in the streets of Palermo. When I got mugged, go back and listen. Come but, on, but no, yeah, I think that it was just something in my life though that, and, and they say all the time that the first, like the very first step you take in overcoming something is admitting that you have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had that conversation with myself and I was like, you have a problem. Like you need to stop drinking because you don't have a healthy relationship with it. And I, I, and I'm, and so I honestly think that like those six weeks had that not happened, had I not had time to one gain a lot of patience from being with schnitzel and, and really learning how to have patience with him and, and, and learn his communication uh, strategy like what he does to how he communicates yeah you um, then were also able to fully immerse yourself in nature yeah and I was able to do that and I was able to ask myself a lot of questions I think because of all of that it led me to the realization that hey this is something in your life that's not healthy you need to let go of it mm-hmm. so here we are and um, we also have 
to kind of, you know, go back. We have other friends who are also doing this. So I want to, if somebody listening is feeling the same thing, one, we are always a safe space and oh, resource re- yes, to reach out reach to. reach out anytime. Yeah. What I want you to give them, because um, you've told me, uh, what sort of resources yeah. you've got. If you reach out to me and I'll let you know. You just reach out to me and I'll let you know for sure. And again, this is like no pressure to, like we're not trying to like shame anybody who does drink. That's not what this is about. It's just for me personally. I don't personally. think it was ever, yeah, ever for, about that. For me personally, it was just a decision that I made. Um, but yeah, so that happened like that last week. And so I went through that, you know, those last four days of, you know, withdrawing and at the same time making this like huge move with all of your stuff and tech stuff and a dog. And so it kind of added to the stress. And so I, I would be lying to all of you if I said I was not like just the most you heard our our one of our previous uh, episodes where I talked about you know going to the airport and everything and <laughs> that stress yeah so I was feeling it I was completely feeling it um but I think once I got back with you I don't know it just immediately I felt safe again I felt I've talked about it, you know, because we were so used to being together. You get really comfortable relying on one another, that sort of codependency we've created, but also just reliance on another human. It's love. Yeah. Then you're away from each other and you create these walls and you create this really, you were obviously working on things internally in a safe space, but every time you left the door, you kind of had to put up this wall. And I remember those first couple hours we were together, other than being like stupid cute and laughing and giggling and being together in our own little German apartment. I remember standing there and being like, I feel like I can like breathe and I can let my walls down again and I can let this barrier and the shield I've been carrying because I feel so safe that we're together. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that after going through that growth period immediately, it just felt, I don't know. It felt like some of the rough edges that you and I both had that caused some contention in our relationship. It felt like we got them kind of buffed, kind of like buffed out and, and, and a lot you know, more smooth and it, and it makes our relationship a lot easier, not a lot easier, but I guess it's like, you know, those were things that I think we needed to work on. That, separately, yeah. You know? That patience, it, it, those six weeks, what I learned is what I needed to learn and what you learned is what you needed to learn and experience. And I throw that up and just say, thank you because we are different people. We are, we, we woke, we are internally woke. We are growing. We are, admitting when we are wrong when we can take any moment and say you know what i'm gonna choose to love myself love us and just i mean everybody say love yes and we're not perfect not not at all it's just those (laughs) are those are things though that in the past were things we struggled with yeah and so that's why we're celebrating them now we're like i we even talk about that i'm like do you remember when we used to argue about this very topic like every single time it was brought up or we would get snippy with each other about it or you know what I mean like I I would say yes you're absolutely right from the experiences that we've had leading up to now it's all smoothed us out mm-hmm. both of us you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's definitely taught us patience mm-hmm. I mean if losing a folder umpteen times <laughs> in paris i'm gonna get that green folder tattooed <laughs> on my body so it never goes anywhere 
<laughs> be on the lookout. <laughs> but for real, I think it's taught us both such patience. And yeah, I'm excited for what's to the more what's the to come. I know our I'm adventure like, continues, y'all. I mean, if you go back 18 episodes or whatever episode this is, 17, like what has happened? We had no idea. In like 10 we, months, we had months. no, we had no idea. What I was literally about listened to, to a a random po- one of our podcast episodes just to be like that person is a different person but they're still fabulous and they're still just having a ball and they're meant to experience what they're meant to experience so i'm just sending all of that love out i cannot wait to continue this story and continue our journey and what are we talking about next time yes okay so we are going to Kind of go back to our storytelling, and we're going to talk about leaving Palermo. <laughs> it feels like forever ago. Y'all, we need to go back and talk about leaving Palermo, Sicily, we Italy. Have, we have to tell you all about New Year's Eve, packing, and going through the firework experience of Palermo. <laughs> New Year's Eve, Palermo, 21 to 22. Uh, and we Period. Flew, and we flew to Croatia the next day. On and New flew day. to Croatia on the 1st of January. <laughs> and we have to tell you about, like, we've touched bits and pieces of Croatia, but I'm really excited to share more about the humans we met and the conversations that we had and just dive deeper into that. Because Croatia was absolutely, yeah, y'all, Croatia. Everyone's like, oh, Game of Thrones. I mean, yes, but it's more than that. It's so cool. It's, it is. It's such a beautiful country. And, I mean, I actually didn't really want to talk too much about, like, Croatia itself in today's podcast episode because I want to talk a lot about that. It deserves its own episode. We're gonna we're gonna give Croatia its own special episode for sure. Okay, I'm really excited <laughs> to talk about it. Yeah, yes. So that is coming uh, in our next uh, podcast episode. Make sure to look out for announcements that we put out on Facebook or Instagram um, to know when we're dropping our next episode. But thank you all so much. I want to say this before we sign off. Thank you to all of the people who have really poured life into us and given us such love and such encouragement. Um, you know, I am overflowing. And I hope that if you need a little something to fuel your cup, baby, I'm here to say that you are worthy. You deserve it. You are loved. So thank you. I'm thankful for. I'm just so thankful. Absolutely. Oh, yes. So. Remember, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to let you sign off. You I pointed at me and I was like, what comes after remember? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> remember, chase your happiness. There we go. Was that right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's start it again. <laughs> Three, two, one. Say it. There we go. Remember, you have to say remember. And remember, chase your happiness. <laughs> and thanks for vibing with us. Bye.